Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you You'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the final episode of Season 3 in Deep Roots. It's four weeks, practically, since I landed unceremoniously on the rocks in Furbo. And tonight's... it's night now anyway, so tonight's episode... This final episode is to close out that story and fill you in really on what's been going on these last four weeks. So I have three questions I get or have been getting asked a lot over the last number of weeks. And um, I thought that would be a good way to structure this episode and they seem to be the by far the most popular question so I presume most people would have an interest in them so that's what I'm gonna do tonight is answer them and they are simply how am I what have I been up to and what's next so let's start with number one how am I I'm great Physically, I'm in a better place, a much better place than I was post my first ocean row, for some reason, I don't really know why, and the main indicator or metric with that is hands, so right now I have quite a stiffness and slight discomfort in my hands in and particularly fingers on my hands in the mornings but that's really it and it goes it's it's hardly noticeable and it goes once i get a little bit of uh, movement and blood flow 
uh, into the ligaments and tendons and joints. Uh, and it wasn't like that last time. Last time it took about four months in total to get rid of ap- absolutely any sign of um, stiffness, soreness, discomfort. So, yeah, um, generally in a really good place. Things have cleared up really, really quickly. So the main issues I suppose I had or the main consequences physically of the expedition were the state of the skin on my backside the sea legs or my sea legs if you want and that kind of reintroduction to land um the bottoms of my feet were ultra sensitive from for about 10 days I reckon until maybe a bit more until that slowly started to pass and my hands uh, so the sea legs thing went pretty quickly so kind of the guts of a week so obviously when I first landed in Furbo I mean I had like no structure or at least I perceived and sensed that I had no structure through my body and hence why I ended up on my knees crawling through the uh, on the rocks through the um, surf and the seaweed and the um, the yeah just the, the coastline I suppose for a little bit um, but when the guards the two guards uh, Vinny and Michal eventually arrived um, and helped me kind of to the squad car which was probably the guts of 200 meters maybe a bit more from where they picked me up you know so we had a, a little bit of the rocks to still traverse and then it was kind of more on to um, land and then it was a trail kind of up and around and eventually on to the at the end of Furbo there, the Galway side of Furbo Beach, there's a just a, um, a pathway or a clearance from the beach onto the pathway. Uh, and then we had to walk a bit towards the squad car. Uh, and I sat down in the back of the squad car and uh, another um, patrol car pulled up from, I think came out from Galway. And one of them kindly offered me their uh, lunch, I suppose, which was, you know, because uh, they work on nights, they probably have that in the middle of the morning, which is, uh, <laughs> I couldn't resist. Um, but uh, yeah, so then uh, the ambulance eventually, so McDara turned up then, McDara Hosty, who um, helped me kind of co-manage the project from the start, because he lives in Barna and he's one of the guys I rang, and Chris on the um on the phone before uh when I, when I thought that the b uh the eperb and the distress signal on my radio hadn't functioned but they, they had but I rang Max so he he came down from Barna which is only like three or four K up the road and then the ambulance eventually arrived anyway the ambulance arrived uh I was pretty much able to even though 
you know, I was getting some support, pretty much able to walk uh, to the ambulance at that point. So like what I'm trying to get to here is that, the you know, the it was a rapid improvement from when I first slid off the big rock that was bashing against the cabin to kind of hit the ground and not having any perception when that was coming. And, you know, the pro perception over the next few minutes was just basically non-existent. I didn't have the strength either or the pro perception to balance on one leg and lift the other one and try and um, retouch land or retouch the the ground at least, which was, you know, seaweed, uh, water and um, rocks. So, uh, yeah, and when I left the ambulance, it was a case of being able to kind of walk to McDara's car. I think Mac was helping me, but, you know, when we got back here to Renmore, uh, my parents' house, McDara dropped me back, um, I was, I walked from Mac's car just in the driveway, no problem. Now there was a bit of, you know, I wouldn't exactly say it was a straight line, but, uh, you know, that came back really quickly. The mornings then, when I'd wake up for probably the guts of five days, it was very much a case of sitting. Once I um, uh, um, sat up in the bed, it was very much a case of sitting on the side of the bed until, you know, the room start stopped um, swaying from side to side and was violently swaying from side to side. And then I would um, use implements or walls or anything that I could kind of get some traction off with my hands to make my way to the bathroom in the mornings. But again, that passed really, really quickly. So that was the sea legs part of it. Um, the sensitivity on the bottoms of my feet, I kind of put down to just the fact of having little to no uh, weight bearing on those feet for um, the guts of four months, you know, even though, you know, I'm moving around the boat and that, um, you never really spend, uh, any sort of time, um, bearing your weight. So yeah, I just felt that that might be the thing. It wasn't that might be the reason behind the ultra sensitivity because they were really sensitive for the guts of seven days. And eventually kind of after about 10 days, I started to notice them, um, much less. And now it's a point where they're fine again, you know, um, back to normal. Uh, so that's kind of where I put that at. And, you know, as I talked about the hands and fingers, are uh yeah in a really good place com comparatively to my last ocean row um i put that down to not so having an overhand thumb grip instead of uh an enclosed hand around the oar handle what i did this time was swung my thumb onto the top alongside my other four fingers onto the top of the oar handle so it was a less aggressive um grip but equally as effective even in the uh, big conditions so i i rarely lost control of the oars uh, where they'd be knocked out of my hands with that grip um 
and that's why it was kind of it was functional for me to use and I think that has helped me a lot uh this time around because it wasn't as if I it wasn't as if I wasn't clamping down on the oars I was with that grip equally to what I would have done on my first ocean row from Lagomera to Antigua but I think the fact that I wasn't uh cupping if you want wasn't fully enclosing my uh, grip around the oar handle and squeezing that way helped me a lot because you know I was I probably had more pain on the ocean like I remember on this crossing from New York to Galway I remember like it waking me some nights and having to massage the kind of I want to say the acid the discomfort out of the palm of my hand uh, and having to take uh, some painkillers some night to to get sleep so you know the the indicators on the ocean were like this is going to be really bad but it's worked out differently whereas you know whereas I'm at a point now four weeks later where I'm apart from first thing in the morning it's, and 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 even at that it's it's gone within 10 or 15 minutes you know i don't notice it um yeah apart from that it's uh it's not a it's not a it's not something i'm even aware of uh so yeah that's i think that's the physical side so that's all good mentally and emotionally I couldn't be better just content I've described it to some people over the last few weeks as you know excuse the pun but riding a wave of contentment um just content and how I wish how it all worked out uh, there were so many things that could have gone wrong uh, it was such a immense workload um, and to have completed what I deemed the full expedition and what I mean by that is well, the expedition itself, of course, rowing from New York to Galway, but also sharing it through um, this podcast, firstly, and secondly, uh, the kind of videos and pictures and, and words through social media channels. I can't, I can't explain how challenging those two second parts were at times, you know, there's there was so many nights where the fucking last thing I wanted to do was have to open the hatch, stand outside, leave that. That's a vulnerability, like firstly. And secondly, um, send the files through the BGAN, the broadband satellite uplink, which can take... Um, so like a two or three minute video can take the guts of an hour to send. And that's an hour that I have to stand with the two things. So phone in one hand, the 
began unit in the other, keeping that outstretched away from my body because there's radio waves going through it. Uh, even I technically shouldn't be holding it, but I have no choice but to hold it as a solo roar. Uh, and it's pretty heavy, especially when you're holding it kind of outreached from your body. Uh, and then keeping that linked on to the satellite uh, and constantly dropping out. You know, so and having to upload, you know, a video and then maybe the podcast uh, files. And all you want to do is just lie down and, and rest and sleep uh, and be somewhere comfortable, not be outside, not be standing. Um, yeah, so that was a lot of effort. And there was many times where I had no fucking interest in doing it, but it's important to me. So I found a way to do it. Um, and I thought so many times along the journey that, you know, one of these days, because it's not as if it just, the boat's not moving. I have to remember at all times uh, I'm getting kicked around uh, while I'm holding these things. So my hips are hitting both sides of the cabin hatch because I'm half in, half out. My legs are actually inside the cabin, um, but my body is outside it. So I'm standing inside it, outside, if you get me. So I'm kind of constantly getting hit around and um, falling over, if you want. And so many times I thought, at some point in this journey, I'm losing one of these. I'm either losing my phone into the water or I'm losing the began unit because, you know, uh, just the way it works out, you're more than likely going to fall at least once or twice. Uh, during that period each day that you're uploading the the data um, and your instincts when you fall is to grab stuff you know so but somehow I didn't and um, you know when I when I think about or at the moments when I was going through that journey and and uh, and do, um, completing those daily efforts to send the stuff back I was just thinking geez it's going to be amazing if I I complete this full journey by telling the full story through the podcast, through the social media channels. And I did. So that on top of um, the actual expedition itself, obviously that's you know <laughs> the major component of it. Um, and if that hadn't happened, you could tell the fucking story till the cows come home and they, it wouldn't really, it wouldn't really um resonate and and be important but to get the three things to get the the major piece the expedition completed and then the actual storytelling around it um yeah i was very 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 happy and relieved to do that and yeah so it's great couldn't be happier I did it from New York, historically the most difficult place to leave from, to my hometown. I did it in a classic ocean rowing boat. That means the shape of it is um, is literally in the mold of the historical ocean rows. I did it with foot steering, so no um, auto helm, no autopilot on board to steer the boat for me so i did it as raw as you can do an ocean a modern ocean row and uh, that's important to me that leaves no questions 
you know, and I can have this state if I complete it. I can have this state of um, peace and deep contentment, satisfaction, fulfillment with my own efforts. And they were significant and they were in a way admirable to myself, you know, it was uh, only I know how hard that was. Uh, and I try, of course, to tell the story because that's important. But, you know, you just <laughs> clearly um, nobody will ever know. Oh, and that's the thing we all go through, right? When we go through something difficult, the only person who knows how difficult it was is that person. And uh, I have never done anything as difficult as that. And there's still times that it, my own efforts bring a level of emotion from me, which is highly unusual. Uh, but I think that's just a, a deep communication, a deep kind of almost wiring of how hard it was and how hard I, how deep I had to dig to persevere and overcome. But that is one of, if not the greatest thing that can come from, the greatest outcome that can come from the endeavor I set myself. So that's how I am. I'm also functioning out of that place of broadened perspective and deeper gratitude for what I have in my life. Now, what I will say about that is the longer you are back in inverted commas, real life, the more that weans away, the more that becomes diluted is probably a better description. So I'm very, when I get off an expedition, particularly this one, um, I'm very sensitive to perspective um, and I'm very sensitive particularly to gratitude um, as a consequence really of that perspective on how you have it. But life has a way about it that dulls that sensitivity and that's something I need to be aware of and fight against um, and I'm still seeing really positive uh, moments of perspective in kind of everyday mundane kind of situation so that bodes well at least but uh, right now I'm uh, 
it's still pretty strong and I'm sure it will be for a matter of months. Um, and I don't think it'll ever go back to a level where it was, which was, you know, which was, was, was fine and good and uh, very healthy, but it's been uh, massively deepened right now through what I went through, through the states I found myself in. And, uh, and um, I would like to at least be able to access close to this level or or whatever way you want to measure it uh, moving forward. So it's just staying aware and um, keeping a How would you say it? Keeping a mental organization or mental clarity, maybe, of how you get to those perspectives that give you a more thankful and grateful outlook. And I'm pretty confident that will that will be the way. So that's question one answered. I'd say that might be the longest one of the three. Question two that I've been getting asked a lot is what have I been up to? So Immediately, there was an immense amount of interest from traditional press. So, radio, paper, TV. Um, and I've just been, I'm very aware that that's a important part of what I do what I, you know, for the last two years have deemed, at least dreamed, would be my career and focused on as a career. So I try to do as much of that as I possibly could. Um, and you also want to give people time, you know. So the reach has kind of been reach of this thing has kind of blown me away you know I've, we've done here in Ireland I suppose every major um, every major piece of press like so from the Sunday Times to the the Indo to the Irish Times to you know I don't know just the RT Radio 1 2 FM Today FM and then TV the Late Late Show uh, Ireland AM so yeah like the, the interest been just incredible and then uh, internationally uh, everything from Japanese <laughs> interest uh, the UK uh, and America a big big um, interest in America so we had the New York Times Washington Post Inside Edition 
it's been it's been incredible and i've tried to do as much of that as i could uh, and that really like there was a very short window you know where your news there and then you're gone and nobody cares and and that's cool it's fine with me i'm very aware of that um so i just tried to squeeze in as much as i could those first few days it kind of lasted maybe about five six seven days and then that was it um no maybe a bit longer actually now that i think about it maybe a couple of weeks there was still some stuff in that second week uh so that was cool some really nice experiences within that particularly of course the late late show that's you know an institution here in ireland and uh something we as a team had talked about um long before the expedition started like that you know that i'm sure that would be something that would come up for us if um if we were able to complete this mammoth challenge and, and thankfully it did and they you know they did it really well with the way they set up the this you know firstly we did an interview on kushla uh for five six seven minutes and then another um ex- a continuation of the interview on uh, a couple of stools with a kind of one of amelia's photos chopped up into four or five um uh what would you say they were kind of backgrounds and uh yeah so that was really cool and uh, obviously it gets it gets into a lot of households around ireland so you know in terms of the business side of it it's uh it's important also great for our sponsors you know like especially with having the boat there you know they got their logo onto uh yeah, probably the biggest show in Ireland. So, you know, you you really want to, I, I say this all the time, the, the gratitude you have for them investing in you and your project is just enormous. And there's a part of you that feels like you can't repay with the, the gratitude you feel. It's tough to, uh, repay that but something like that you know which is kind of unexpected it's a value that you hope obviously you can um, you can give them but the, you can't go around saying it you know so because uh, the chances of it coming true are so slim uh, so not only did it's not as if they just got a few videos on there actually had the boat with their logos and um we did an interview on the boat so there you know people like the project foundry and cersei and uh gobi rory and bridge transition and so many uh every sponsor basically could see their logo front and center for seven or eight minutes on uh on yeah one of the most popular if not the most popular uh talk show and program in ireland so that was really cool hey. So that's the kind of press side. Um, a few other things were I've been eating, <laughs> eating a lot. So you make up lists, or at least I do, of um, foods you want to eat, places you want to eat. Uh, so I've been kind of going through them for the last few weeks. So. 
think and I had like a hierarchy and it was breakfast, lunch, dinner uh, in Galway, in Ireland, in Australia, Brisbane, Gold Coast, wherever. But I think in terms of Galway, I've gotten everywhere I wanted to get to the two. May, so the the main one was uh, carved tea rooms uh, down near the courthouse and the water in Galway. So I've had breakfast there a couple of times, urban grind in uh and then uh me and Rizelle we love sushi so there's this unbelievable sushi place in Galway called Tamadachi been there a couple of times um of course <laughs> of course of course of course uh Supermax has been hit not as much as you think but it's had a few hits throughout the last four weeks keeping a casual and I reckon my diet has been made up of about 65% chocolate for the last four weeks. Uh, and that's a habit that I'm going to have to break pretty soon. And I'm kind of getting to the end of anyway, that kind of craving. Well, yeah, it's been good. Loads of eating, loads of good food, a few pints. Yeah, and it's nice not to have any pressures around that, you know, because I normally am in a state of where I watch that really, really, really heavily and uh, and hold myself highly accountable. And basically, uh, the last four weeks, I could not give a fuck. I've been eating everything and anything. And uh, yeah, it's been nice. You know, I wouldn't... Uh, wouldn't want to continue my life like that um, because I feel discipline around what you put down your gob is very very important but uh, I think if there's ever a time to not care and have at it it's right now after a, a four-month expedition Been doing some speaking. Uh, had a few different events uh, since kind of so took a couple of weeks off. Wasn't interested in doing anything too close to the expedition, but then there's been um, a crazy amount of interest. Uh, so I've had a few events and next month or this month, I suppose this month of November now was very busy, which is great. You know, I had no uh, expectations around that side of things although i had hopes of course um because it's a important part of the business model of being a extreme adventure um and that might sound a little uh unromantic but it is the reality you know i committed to this way of life and are trying to make a career out of this way of life about two, only about two years ago up to that point i was still kind of keeping a door ajar in becoming a rugby coach because i always thought actually my plan was when i retired to give myself five years to do these things i wanted to do i wasn't really interested in the um 
making any sort of money from the way of life. I just wanted to um, explore and have the experiences and uh, go to my grave with those um, lived memories uh, and the learnings and the growth from them, you know. But then uh, uh, as I got further and further into that career or into that way of life, I realized like that there's no way I'm fucking going back now. Like I've given professionally at least the first 16 years of my adult life to rugby and it was great and fruitful and, and gave me so much and I'm so grateful for it. But uh, at that point out, I wasn't prepared to give my whole life to it. I felt it was, it's too, in in its um, packaging as a professional sport, it's too curtailing. It's too claustrophobic. And I had ex- expanded myself and my, character and my values so much in that five years post rugby that it was clear to me that I'm not going back it's just it's not where I wanted it's not what I want to do with the rest of my life so I committed to the career of extreme adventure and just trying to make that or sorry trying to make it a career at least that way of life so um speaking is a big part of that and uh it's something I enjoy. I enjoy the challenge of it. I enjoy the um, the excitement of it. I enjoy the power of it. And it's something I really want to get better at. So I've done quite a bit in the last couple of years, but I'd say I'll probably double what I've done in the last couple of years in the next kind of two months just because of the interest there. And uh um yeah and i hope there's more interest because now is a really important time for me to uh, maximize the opportunity and the the interest um and uh uh because it won't always be like that right you know uh you will fade from people's uh, memories uh or awareness at least and somebody else will step in there and and that's just the way it is so it's yeah it's very important so if you're interested (laughs) feel free to get in contact i'm sure uh i have i know i'm not sure i know i have plenty of value to add to any organization there's so much crossover between uh what i do into well, into life generally, into um, personal growth, into career growth, into um, ambitious businesses and their focus and growth. So uh, I know that um, I can add a lot. So feel free. And uh, the last thing I suppose that has consumed me over the last four weeks is family of course reconnecting and uh spending time in their presence it's been lovely you know having 
well like getting my parents up to the late late show for example and uh you know getting to do things like that with them and give them that experience and you know i'm sure i'm sure they wouldn't say it now but i'm sure they're enjoying the kind of uh spotlight a little bit and the kudos um myself Rizel and Elodie have been all over the shop uh I'm very much of the mindset that um when I'm away or I suppose the best way to put this is when I get back we do our utmost at least I do my utmost to make sure whatever's happening is that we're together and we spend the most amount of time we can so even if I'm traveling you know for speaking gigs you know they come with me so uh it's uh yeah it's been great like last week we had um a very generous offer from a friend to uh use his um place up in Donegal so we went up to um uh a little town well outside a little town called Carrigart right up in the north of Donegal and uh, my brother Andrew and his little one and my sister and her husband and their little one so we spent uh three nights up there and uh, it was very very enjoyable just you know I don't know just been around the kids and their energy and them bouncing off the walls and building like the they're still all very young you know two one and a half and one basically so um but just seeing the very start of their kind of relationships uh, blossoming and the energy that they bring and just flying around the place and screaming and shouting and just been around that and chatting and just being just being you know being present and being uh ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. really nice so I think that answers question two what have I been up to anything else anything else still haven't started back training starting to get a bit of a pull I'd say it won't be long uh, and I want to I'll do something around that, you know, like almost a series. That's what I was thinking called um, 
just a rebuild, you know, rebuilding the body post something um, as extreme as this. And then the uh, this period where it's just total decompression and you're kind of letting your body just recover and uh, recuperate and reset. So yeah, I might do something around that. I was thinking maybe like a kind of almost like a YouTube kind of slash documentary series, just through my own channels, nothing, nothing official. Well, that's something else we've been doing actually is um, recording for the uh, documentary Waves of Change, which we're hoping. So there's been a lot of good news around that because that has that as well as Project Empower itself, where we kind of really struggled for funding and we're still not uh, 100% funded, but um, Waves of Change uh, was a real like borderline, we might have to cancel this documentary because there was nothing coming in, but uh, we found a way to, um, well, I say we, but more the production company, Heavy Man Films and Tomic in there found a way to, um, to keep filming and uh and now obviously post all the publicity um he's had lots of positive meetings around funding and uh yeah it looks like um it could well be as early as february that we might be seeing the documentary on um rte uh, and then maybe come next summer you know, international release into, um, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see who picks it up as a, um, a distributor and how far they can get it. But yeah, that was really fun recording for that and emotional as well. And, um, and conf not confronting, but there was a great, uh, I felt very at ease with being, brutally honest and I felt it's very important to be absolutely brutally honest to the reality of everything I went through and was feeling and uh, I gained or I just felt strong in in doing that which was um, which was nice and uh, yeah I look forward to seeing what he's able to come up with and produce um yeah, so that's uh, that was another part of the last few weeks. And then the last question that <laughs> has been coming up a lot, and uh, I don't think I'm anywhere near the answer people are hoping to get on this one, but the question is, what's next? And, of course... I feel at least that people want to hear some uh, epic endeavor that's never, uh, or at least the, the the image and the vision of some epic endeavor, but I don't have that to give. Uh, I have no, I'm in no rush to start even thinking about never mind putting together um 
another expedition like there's uh, a period of regeneration of energy that has to happen uh, almost like a rebooting of emotional energy uh, that has been sapped out of you through the last campaign um, and, and you need that going into a project because it's really hard work to make it come about and there's loads of um, setbacks that can knock you emotionally so you have to be going into it with your cup overflowing with a level of determination and um, will and forthrightness to to make it happen and i tell you it's going to be 12 months before i get to that level at least or even before i let myself even consider um another project so uh so what's next for me then is and it's this is something i've because of my mindset or my belief around the first kind of five years of what I've been doing. So I retired seven years ago from rugby. So it's kind of over that period I've been doing um, extreme adventures, but it's only been in the last two years where I've, like I said, fully committed to it as a career. So the first five years, my mindset was very much, uh, I just, you know, I, I need these experiences. I have to try at least to make them happen and go after it. And it was never, you know, I, I, I prepared myself not only physically, mentally, emotionally, but also financially to, um, to take that way of life on. So that just meant saving basically my last seven years of rugby. I just saved, saved, saved so much because I was well, well aware that I was probably going to have to be, um, self-funded because uh well nobody's going to pay you to do this straight away at least <laughs> so um yeah i had no real consideration of the uh the rep you know bringing in any revenue around this way of life it just what didn't interest me it wasn't wasn't important to me i was i was driven to um to make the experiences happen and get as much from them on a human level as possible. And and that was enough. That was it. But uh, obviously for two years now, my outlook has been a bit different. Um, and now I'm a father. I'm not a single man anymore. Uh, I have a partner that I, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. So um, there's a deep biological propelledness if that's a word to drive inside me to be the um be the provider so that means i gotta make a i gotta be much more focused and concentrated on the business side of extreme adventures and it's not something as i said uh, that has really um drawn me or I've given much time or focus or energy or effort into before 
So this next 12 month period is all about the business side of the venture and what does that look like? So as far as I can see, there's, um, there's a number of things I want to do, uh, that will, um, provide for me and my family, um, put a roof over our heads, put food on the table, uh, but also are purposeful for me and will give me something in terms of what's important to me. So, uh, yeah, so that's the, that will be the focus over the next year. Um, and to, to give you an insight into what those things are. So as mentioned, the first one, I think, and the one that's kind of come up immediately is the speaking side of it. So, um, a couple of cool events coming up with the pendulum summit in January, uh, some big company events, uh, got uh, an invitation to a conference in Whistler in Canada, which is, uh, you know, some high level people speaking at. So I'm in, in a pretty amazing company there. Um, yeah. Uh, and I really want to, uh, take a step forward in that part of my career. You know, I've, I've done a, a fair few talks. Um, and I would say that my delivery hasn't always been at a level I would want it to be. Sometimes I've walked away very, very happy and sometimes I haven't. So, you know, it's about, uh, stepping into my power there being more consistent putting a more professional slant on it and and just being better and, and raising my standards and um and striving to uh to improve at all times so that's that's a big focus there uh, i see the uh firstly i i my feel the um the purpose in that position um and in that uh privilege and I uh, really want to use that position to uh, mark people and maybe even create change in people uh, that's important to me uh, so that's the speaking side of it the next thing is the documentary uh, even though that's kind of so um, outside of my power but it, it is something that uh, you know I would like to have um, a little bit of say in um after that uh a book is something i've always wanted to do it's something i've aspirations um i have had aspirations for a long time to uh, achieve in my life um i feel i have many books in me um and i'm still trying to take that first step uh it won't be a my story is interesting. <laughs> There's many unknowns to it and the book will unveil a lot of those unknowns or unseens. There are, I'm, I won't be afraid to delve into the darkest corners of my life and uh, enlighten uh, those corners to the reader. So although I've had aspirations to do a book, I haven't had the 
strength and now I feel I have that so it's a real priority and it's something I really want to um, do in my life I want to tell my story um, warts and all so that it may help in some way somebody somewhere maybe many people uh, that's important for me that I do that that's a, a duty as far as I'm concerned to um, the collective consciousness that I um, I live my life in a way that I have a perspective to help others and to relieve a little bit of the suffering that we all go through. Um, and I've placed deep states of suffering on myself to learn how to not only deal with it, but the great rewards that approaching suffering in a purposeful uh, endeavor brings to your life. And uh, I feel I have lots to share um, that can uh, help in many ways, in many levels. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully to it's important to me that i find a co-author because i i don't think if i was to sit down and try and write my own book geez, it could take me fucking four or five years i i'm kind of i'm the type of writer even though i enjoy it uh, that agonizes over every fucking word and every sentence so you know it's a daunting prospect for me to right now as a first time author to try and write my own book so I feel I need to do it with somebody but that somebody is absolutely paramount in terms that they can uh, tell my story the way I want it told so uh, yeah talking to a few people and hopefully we can find somebody that somebody and uh, and get this uh, get my story out there so that's, uh, you know, that'll be a big part of the next 12 months. Um, and on a more immediate focus uh, is, uh, some of you might have seen this on my uh, Instagram, but it's doing a production, a live production of the, the story of my crossing, of our crossing, Gussie and I's crossing. So we're, uh, we hope to have something put together, something pretty cool. You know, we're, you can buy a ticket for 25, 30 euro and, uh, and come and have a, an experience, you know, in a theater, in a room where you know we'll retell our story and um, bring you on the journey or as close to it as you're ever going to get I suppose so that's uh, that's on the cards for January so we're kind of looking into um, 
the production of that now and the and how we're going to set it up to be uh, an impactful experience over whatever 75 80 85 90 minutes something like that and uh yeah so i think that'll be something really cool you know we get um get it um give people the opportunity to hear the story firsthand and hear the realities of it and um bring them on the journey and the highs and the lows of it and um and entertain i suppose on a very kind of broad level uh yeah so uh watch this space for that so that's uh that's where i'm at there is a few other things i have uh, i'm doing a um a climb with earth's edge in august next year to peak lennon um which is the highest sorry the it's known as the easiest for want of a better expression 7000 meter uh mountain on the planet so it's 7000 meters 7134 i think and i'm leading that as a kind of figurehead uh and the company is of earth's edge which is ireland's kind of leading adventure travel company are um providing all the logistics around the expedition um so that'll be pretty cool i think there's a bit of space on that if anyone's interested uh it was meant to happen two years ago believe it or not and it filled up straight away with uh there's 11 places um but then it was uh postponed because of covid and then this year obviously i couldn't do it because of um the this you know project in power but it's happening now next the end of next summer so uh yeah hopefully uh hopefully it'll come to fruition and we'll get to go it's in kyrgyzstan and uh yeah it's no joke but uh at the same time it's uh you know it's a it's a it's a serious mountain but it's, it's an achievable mountain it'll be it'll be my first time if i um if i manage to summit it'll be my first time above seven thousand meters so it's uh it's a challenge for myself and uh and this is something i want to do uh much more of over the next few years so i'd also like to um yeah take maybe a group or two to killy and you know um again use my um name and uh um yeah get people to have these experiences where they're pushing themselves pushing their mind pushing their body and trying to explore and get more from life a little bit better so uh yeah well, again something to watch out for if you're interested um and the last thing which is very much a focus uh for the next year and has been <laughs> has been now for too long but i've never actually gotten around to doing too much concrete around it is uh the iron mine method and uh, uh particularly uh launching that and um facilitating or or leading i suppose is a better way to put it some of the crucible events in that so basically 
the Iron Mind method is um, is my development of certain processes and mental tools and strategies to manage your mind in the most extreme circumstances imaginable and clearly if you can manage your mind in those well you can manage it anytime anywhere so it's teaching people uh, how to do that so we're going to uh, take a leaf out of what the seals do and run long duration training sessions where we put people through very extreme physical and mental experiences but what we do differently uh, instead of like hell week where they don't give a fuck who survives or how the person survives all they want to know is who survives so the cream of the crop and they don't care how it's not it it's not of interest to them uh, they just need that person who knows and has the psychological organization to get through something as extreme as hell week where what i want to do differs massively is i care for everyone generally but mostly uh if somebody comes to uh, an iron mine crucible event i care for their success so i want to instead of trying to break them i want to teach them in those moments of extreme in those moments of i want to bring them right to the edges of their physical capacity and when they're there when they think they can't go any further when they think they're going to quit when they think they're going to stop when they think they're at their limit I want to teach them how to control their mind in those places so they can push past and continue in their um, pursuit, uh, in their performance. And when you do that, you create these paradigm shifts. So you like you literally broaden somebody's outlook, somebody's attitude, somebody's mindset, somebody's mind. Um, And... uh, not only that but of course you build this crucial association between the action and the reward so you're almost like i'll be like a not me but me well it will be me and and some of my coaches we will be like a voice on the shoulder of the athlete of the participant literally teaching them how to think in those moments of quit of doubt of insecurity of this um uh disorganization so you give them the anchor the first connection between the action and the reward the action being the way you think and the reward being how you um the outcome of that thinking so um and that new like that's literally a neural connection and how do you um 
strengthen that connection. Once it's made, it's just through repetition. So that's when the athlete or the participant from Iron Mind Crucibles goes away and um, and trains more on their own or with their sport or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Or in whatever physical um, endeavor or pursuit they are striving to be better at, to, uh, yeah, to learn how to um, continue to strengthen and um, broaden their mind in terms of capacities like self-awareness and concentration, mental redirects. Um, so yeah, that's something that is very important to me and it's, you know, it's something I want to put energy into and effort into for the rest of my life. So, uh, uh, it's, it's a focus over the next 12 months to, uh, get in the calendar at least some um, of the first crucible events for um, either the end of 23 or the start of 24 and start running them and then they'll run every winter um, for as long as we can uh, keep them running uh, so I think that's it. So that is season three wrapped up. I don't know if there'll ever be a season like it. I do have uh, aspirations. Like I, season four will happen from uh, Peak Lennon. But, you know, that's a three-week expedition a big framework around you it's not like an ocean row where it's you know absolutely every single part of it is your responsibility from um basically from death backwards so uh be very different on a a three-week expedition to kyrgyzstan but uh yeah i'd say that'll be season four and as i was saying to Dan Murphy on his um, podcast uh, I I see I see the period I'm at in my career as an extreme adventure now I've gone past the apprenticeship part from what I've done and I, I felt to this point before Project Empower that's where I was I was, I was learning I was learning my apprenticeship uh, and now I feel I've just gone past it and I feel I'm in a place where I want to do things that have never been done before I feel I can do that I believe deeply that I can um, pursue world first so uh, I think in the future there is scope for something to the same magnitude of New York to Galway Row but uh, it's not clear exactly when or what that is right now when that will be or what that is I have one idea um, but that's all it is for now I don't even know if it's possible but it needs more research and uh a lot more research uh, and then um, 
I need to see how and if I can fit it into my life and my family's life. But uh, that's the kind of level that I am thinking now around in terms of my own personal um, ambitions and expeditions. Uh, because the apprenticeship is over and now it's time to put myself up there as the best in the world at what I do. That's where my ambition is. I feel I can do that. I feel there's a long way to go, but it's possible. I feel I have the um, attributes, uh, the character, the values, the physical attributes, the mental tools and attributes, uh, and the emotional um, control to um, to do that. And that means if I want to do that, I got to do things that have never been done before. So I have some ideas, um, and if and when they come to fruition, uh, deep roots will be there, relaying all the beautiful madness. So for season three, signing out. As always, thanks for listening. Much love. Of course, keep striving for more from yourself. Cheers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.